Support for this program comes from Room 816, the handmade arts and crafts space with everything from unique T-shirts, pillows, acrylic artwork, fabric dolls, and more, including a new line of fresh oil skin products. Start your holiday shopping today in Room 816, the place for one-of-a-kind original finds on Etsy and Facebook. Welcome to Speak On It, the podcast where the creatives tell their stories about what they do and why they do it. I'm your host, Felicia Hodges, and today I'm chatting with Samuel Griffin III, an entrepreneur who grew his security and protection agency into a fully staffed business that has offered a variety of security services to Fortune 500 companies for over 25 years. Recently, he channeled his own creative energy into Rent-A-Cop Reboot, a security pro's lessons that could save your career, your butt, and even your life, a book he co-wrote with Teresa M. Caldwell for anyone interested in a career in security. Welcome, Sam, and thanks for joining us today. I'm glad to be here. Good, good. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, after watching an abusive father abuse my mother, I decided that I wanted to protect people. And from there, I started to uh, watch a little bit of TV. And one night, the movie The Bodyguard came on. And the movie showed me that there was a profession where individuals could protect people and get paid for it. So of course, that's something that I wanted to go into. So I started to study a little bit about the security industry and what particular industry I like to enter into. So there was the FBI, there was the Secret Service, and there was the military. I definitely didn't want to go into the military because they weren't paying enough to be shot at. And I didn't want to have to dodge bullets for pennies on the dollar. So I decided that I was going to take a shortcut. I just didn't know how I was going to take that shortcut. Eventually, I ran into Al Sharpton and uh, Mr. Carl Redding at the College of Women Mary. Mr. Uh, Carl Reddy introduced me to the Reverend Al Sharpton, who in turn allowed me to set up an interview with Reverend Jesse Jackson. From there, I proceeded to be interviewed by the National Rainbow Coalition. My job, first job assignment was going to Des Moines, Iowa. I had no idea there was going to be like minus 12 degrees, but it was, and I only had on a suit, no coat. And that particular evening, after getting into the hotel and settling down, I received a call from the state police. The state police mentioned to me that the KKK called and said tonight was judgment night. So I told Reverend Jackson, hey, the KKK just called. He's like, I'm taking a nap. That's your problem. Deal with it. So the first thing I did was drop to my knees and pray and said, Lord, this is my first night. Please don't let nobody take this man's life. And I proceeded to contact the state police, as well as the FBI, who came out and assisted us, extending the perimeter for my client so that we can enter the um, event with no issues and no problems. You mentioned that your desire to want to help keep people safe and to travel led you into security. But there's quite a leap from being in security 
to starting your own agency and growing it into a huge business. How did all that develop? It was a process. After wanting to go into the security industry, I thought that I could just go and get a license to become a security company. And that would be, that would be it. I had no idea that it involved uh, insurance, that everybody that was, had to enter into that field had to go and receive certain training to become security officers. There was an extensive amount of uh, background checks, compliance agent that had to be put into place. But then on top of that, it was about getting contracts for that particular uh, location that I wanted to work in. Nobody was really hiring security, so I had to start at the bottom. So I proceeded to work as a stock person in a particular store, and I gained the trust of the manager of that uh, athletic store. And in turn, I ended up getting all of those athletic stores throughout the United States. So that's how I got started in the security industry. For me, I had to maintain a regular job along with owning a security company. It was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. It was a lot of borrowing from uh, my mother, who assisted me along the way. So it was a supportive family that allowed me to get to the next level of being in the security industry. By no means was it easy in any manner. There was a lot of working for particular contractors. I had to work them myself besides just having employees, just to make sure that the contract sites were running smoothly. So I typically had to work 16 to 18 hours a day myself and then get up and work my regular job on top of owning a security company. So I was not going to let anyone tell me I could not do what I had dreamed of. And all I can remember is what my mother went through to, to get out of the abusive relationship that she was in. And I was determined to make her proud of me. You talk about family quite a bit, and I know that uh, your wife, Imani, is your business partner. Is it difficult to um, leave work at work and, you know, focus on family? Do they ever intersect? They do intersect. Um, we work seven days a week, 24 hours a day. It's all about business. We do have a six-year-old daughter, and if one of us is going to take a break with her, the other one continues to work. There is no such thing as a day off of work. The moment you take a day off of work, that's the moment that you could turn around and not have a business. Even with the long-term contracts, you have to make sure you, you stay sharp and your employees stay sharp because there is no comfort in a security industry. Once you become comfortable, you can lose the very thing you have, which has, has happened to us in the past where we relied on a particular employee to help things flow for us and to take care of things on a regular basis. And we've lost multi-million dollar contracts based on trusting someone else. So now we put the trust only in ourselves and we don't allow anyone to mess anything up for us. If we're going to mess up, we're going to mess up. We're not going to allow anyone else to mess up anything we have. So let's talk a little bit about the book, Rent-A-Cop Reboot. How did the idea to put together a sort of guide for security professionals come together? Well, I started blogging with my co-author, Teresa Caldwell. For about three years, we've been just, you know, writing blogs, giving advice to security professionals and everyday people of how to stay safe and how to 
keep a, a, a mind of security. A lot of people become complacent and they don't focus uh, on their surroundings. So we started to blog about it three years ago and then the pandemic hit. So we thought, what a great time to write the book. A lot of the information we had blogged about already, so we just put the three years of blogging together and we created the book. The pandemic really caused me to have that plan B in place. I always believe that you must have a plan B in order to survive any type of situation. I've never had to survive a pandemic. This was brand new to me. However, uh, I told my co-author, hey, Teresa, let's go ahead and put this book into play. Let's make it happen. And uh, we got started and we finished about, we started in about April and we finished in about July. The book is a, is a diagram of how to become a security professional and if you already are a security professional, how to reboot your security um, professional life. It is designed to guide you to be motivated. It is faith, it's a faith-based book. It shows you the steps from getting fingerprinted to having a background check done to getting and receiving the proper training for becoming a security guard professional. And then if you feel that you love the profession, it also guides you to become a security company if that's something you wanna do. From getting your tax ID number to getting your insurance and all the essential uh, items you need to become a security company and um, to have plans in place uh, to maintain that life. And one of the things I mentioned in the book is owning real estate, which is something I did. Having real estate, people always need a place to live. And having real estate allows you to have financial backing in the event that you have a slow month. And we all have slow months. Sometimes we have slow years. And to have something in place to maintain uh, your finances so that you can continue to pay your employees, to pay yourself, and to pay the necessary bills to own a security company. Sometimes the term rent-a-cop can be viewed, especially by security professionals, as somewhat disparaging. Have you had any pushback or run into any issues with people who may not be feeling the term as much? We haven't had that issue as of yet. However, the, the name of the book was intentional. It was meant to get your attention for people to say rent-a-cop, you know, yeah, it's, it's to get your attention and to bring awareness that security guards are not running cops. They're security professionals. A lot of times people don't understand that security professionals have the same authority in some states as police officers. If you become arm certified and you take all the classes for arrest authority and all that good stuff, you can actually do all the duties that a police officer can do and a lot of people don't understand that, you know, it's much more to it than just um, being a security officer and going to school for a day or two. It could become very involved. Depending upon what state you live in will definitely determine what type of training you need to become a security officer. But most definitely that information is in the book. And actually the book is more of a workbook. 
So you actually can write in the book. You can set your goals. You can set the length of time you want to uh, achieve your goals. All that information is in the book where you can write in, in there and it helps motivate you to, to stay on track to become a security officer. The book actually has led to another venture, Loomis Publishing. The website describes it as producing books designed to, quote, meet people where they are, whether they are starting out or starting something new, giving readers access to a more direct, holistic way of reaching a specific career goal. How did the publishing arm come about? When you write a book and you self-publish, you have to create a publishing company. A lot of people create that company just for the book. Now, for me, I thought, hey, this is a great idea to uh, create a a full-fledged publishing company where we can actually help people to create the book because I'm not a writer. So my co-author, Teresa Caldwell, is, however, I thought, what if there were other people like myself out there that just needed a little bit of, of assistance that could create a book as well. So I wanted to create something that could help others. I'm always about helping the other person. Whenever I do something, I try to see what I can do to help my community and to help someone that could possibly be in my position later on. Loomis is Samuel spelled backwards. It's my name spelled backwards. So my wife and I, when we started the security company, we kept messing around with different names of what we could name the security company. And uh, I just spelled my name backwards one day and did a name search and it was available. So um, of course, when we started the publishing company, we just kept with the same name and just Loomis Publishing LLC. When you are looking to go into the security industry or just looking to go into owning your own business, that the supportive family can be helpful when you are venturing out on something new and just simply having faith, faith in what you do and what you dream of and that, you know, prayer does change things. So if you don't know how to pray to whoever your maker is, whoever your God is, or if you just believe in the maker of the universe, that you believe in that and you can achieve your goals. There may be people listening to this right now thinking that there's no way for them to get even close to anything like the success you've had with your business, your book, your publishing. What advice would you offer them? A wise man once told me, the impossible is possible. You cannot let anyone else determine what your outcome is going to be with your life. You are in charge of your own destiny. And if you focus and if you love what you do, you can achieve your your goals and your dreams. So you have to be inspired. You have to want to do it. You can't do it for the money. You have to do it because you love it. Wise words. Wise words indeed. You can find us at rentacopreboot.com. You can also find it on Amazon as well as L-E-U-M-A-S publishing.com and check it out you should that's our episode you can follow Tiger Lily Communications via our website on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter or you can email us at tigerlilycommunications at mail 
JustMail.com to let us know what you think. By the way, the wonderful music you hear is a song called Please Irene by Lynn Riley and the World Mix. Check out some of the group's past performances on their YouTube channel because I know you're missing live music right now. Then line up your ducats to actually support working artists by cruising over to iTunes, Bandcamp, or CD Baby to purchase their latest project entitled Say What. Hope to catch you again soon. Stay safe out there. Thank you.